Welcome back to another episode of the Sexmancers Podcast. You know, I realized that I had missed last week's episode, and to be honest, I didn't mean to miss it. It's just I lost track of the days, and I forgot to get anything recorded because there's been so many changes that have been going on in my household. And one of those changes has been the fact that we have decided to homeschool our kids rather than sending them to public school. Now, this may have been in part because of the whole COVID-19, you know, but in reality, that just forced our decision. But we had been deciding about doing homeschooling uh, of our kids uh, for quite some time because, well, the public school system have been failing our kids. And so we've been kind of debating that, you know, back and forth. It's just what COVID did is it forced us to make a decision rather than keeping us in this constant state of indecision. So just to kind of go off and explain, because we've had to go through and reorganize our entire schedule. You know, we had finally gotten to the point where in our schedule, it was completely harmonious, uh, predictable. We were able to you know, use recurrences on our calendars, you know, scheduling time, getting everything into a nice smooth running machine. And now we had to change everything, including turning one of our rooms uh, in the basement into a multifunctional room where, yes, it's a place where the kids uh, can play, but it's also now a classroom. And so we've had to kind of do a little bit of redesigning, figure that out, get the kids uh, their desks and you know, which, you know, we had to do a three-hour round-trip drive in order to get uh, some good desks at an affordable or reasonable price. You know, it's just amazing. You know, we had to go off and research uh, various uh, online, you know, uh, tools, you know, for education. I mean, there are multiple websites out there that will provide you everything that you need, uh, class curriculum, lesson plans, and, you know, all the worksheets, homework assignments, a way to track the kids' progress, you know, their grades and GPAs, you know, and all of that in order to have a transcript. And so we kind of had to sit down and, you know, really take a look at what our options were. Then we had to sign up for one. And then we've had to print off, I mean, I got like, 5,000 sheets of printer paper, and we're already going through quite a lot of that just in the, you know, for the first semester. It's really quite amazing. But luckily, we have a laser printer, you know, so printing for us is rather cheap, and, you know, we got a good deal. We got a couple laser printers, and I believe combined two laser printers, you know, on garage sales cost us about $25, you know, so, I mean, the, you know, the toner costs a lot more than what the printers did, so we're able to, you know, do a lot of the printing, and, you know, we got the laser printers uh, for everything that we do on eBay, you know, shipping out, you know, you know, cutting down on the shipping label costs, but I digress. In any event, so we've gone through all of that, which took up a huge chunk of our time, and We finally settled on one and we started homeschooling. You know, I'll I'll try to remember to put a link, you know, uh, it will be an affiliate link for the site that we decided to go through. But when the school had come out and decided that due to COVID, 
all classes will be done via remote learning. We really took a look at that and, you know, we kind of came to the conclusion that remote learning would really be no different than homeschooling. I mean, yeah, in some respects, it is a little different in the fact that the school would still put together the lesson plan and everything, but we would still be the ones, you know, home with the kids because they can't be home by themselves and be the ones trying to get them to do the work. But we didn't really like how they were setting it up. No, it was, you know, were they really going to be expected to sit in front of the computer for seven hours a day watching videos and then trying to respond to that? Plus, the school had tried to come out and, you know, get parents to sign these letters saying, we won't monitor the classroom lectures, which had us kind of concerned. And, you know, what the school uh, teaches, you know, also kind of has concerned us for a little bit of time. But the main reason here, and this is getting into, you know, where you need to communicate as a family and you need to learn how to, you know, really listen, you know, to what your kids are saying because they'll provide you indications when something is wrong. But the decision to start homeschooling our kids came from the fact that the school has been failing in their responsibility for education. You know, their one size fits all doesn't work out for all students. And our oldest child was born premature uh, by about 12 weeks. He's 10 now. Um, and there were some complications at birth, including, uh, a little bit of a brain bleed. And, you know, we've just kind of, you know, been wondering about whether or not that had affected his educational abilities. And as he was going through, and part of the thing in my state is if your child is born that premature, they would get early access uh, to preschool, you know, a head start education. It was just something that's automatic for, you know, premature babies, you know, that especially if they had to spend uh, quite a bit of time in the ICU. You know, it's nothing you sign up for. They just automatically enroll you, and then you have to try and opt out if you don't want it. You know, the things you learn when, you know, you have a premature child, the things that you're automatically enrolled into without knowing about it until you start receiving the stuff in the mail. But anyways... So he got a, an early start and he was able to go through preschool for, you know, a couple of years and then move on to kindergarten. Uh, this year he would be going into fifth grade. But the problem is, is that for most of his classes, he's at a second grade level. You know, they, he just really hasn't been picking up our learning in the public education system. And another part uh, about that is, that he is enrolled in special classes that removes him from his classmates for the majority of the day. And even there, he's not really making a whole lot of progress. And we were kind of going through and we realized that the school financially gets more money for school, uh, for kids that are in special education and special, you know, uh, class assignments. So there's kind of a financial disincentive to get him caught up. And so we were looking at this and we're like, well, he continues to fall further and further behind. And, you know, the school really isn't communicating to us what he needs to learn 
you know, in order to get caught up, the things that, you know, the very specifics. I mean, every once in a while, we might get a glimpse at what it is he's trying to work on in the few times that he does bring homework assignments home. But in all, you know, we really aren't able to go through and really see what he was uh, to be working on. So, you know, there was that issue. But then there was also the issue of what we had noticed as far as his attitude. I mean, his self-confidence had been completely shattered as being in these special classes and not being able to, you know, I guess, get caught up or really make a whole lot in progress. He was starting to beat himself up thinking that he was stupid, you know, and he's not. But that was part of the case, and I think part of that was being reinforced by the other kids, you know, being separated from the rest of the class for so much of the day and being so far behind, it kind of made him an outcast among his peers. And there were so many times when we would pick him up and he would be crying, you know, or visibly upset and talking about being bullied. And we had learned, you know, to listen to him, especially when it comes to you know, something not being right. I mean, there was a time when, you know, we had taken him to a daycare and just seeing the daycare's home or just seeing the daycare provider would cause him to go into absolute panic, you know, crying and, you know, really indicating that something was wrong. And so listening to him there, we switched daycares and then boom, it, there was quite a difference. You know, we could see how much happier he was. So at that particular point, we knew that the issue wasn't just he doesn't want, uh, you know, to go to daycare. He wants to stay with mommy and daddy all day. It was that there was something actually wrong with that daycare. You know, and as parents, you know, you, you got to kind of look for clues that something is going wrong with you know, the areas or the places in which you are entrusting your child to. So he started falling further and further behind. And he was, you know, being picked on by his classmate. And then we take a look at our middle child who was also going into school. And, you know, he was born full term. You know, he was really bright. He generally catches on to things rather quickly. And yet he was falling behind as well in some of his classes. Now, him being, you know, much, you know, even earlier in his education, you know, obviously hasn't fallen behind that much, but he was still falling behind. And so we came to realize that there was a problem with the public education system. It's just failing the kids for whatever reason. Now, of course, if you ask them, they're always going to give you the excuse, well, we just don't have enough funding or resources to properly educate the kids. And our oldest son, and this is what got us thinking about homeschooling, started asking us if he could be homeschooled when he found out that his cousins were homeschooled when they came uh, for a visit one time. And so that's when we started thinking about this. And that was about 18 months ago to two years ago. We, But we had just been kind of unsure of ourselves, you know, as far as whether or not we would be able to go through and, you know, really do the homeschooling itself. But COVID-19 really forced our hand. So back around March and April, when the school 
let out early because of the COVID-19 pandemic that had spread across the globe, they also handed everybody Chromebooks so that they can, you know, do remote learning and try and do some of the classes, even though they didn't really have videos. You know, it was just kind of the learning tools and activities to try and help the kids, which started helping us get some insight into what it is they were actually learning. And it also kind of started giving us a test run on how well the kids would do uh, with homeschooling and learning from home. And so it kind of gave us the ability to do a test run. You know, and this is one of the things that was kind of helping, you know, keeping us in an indecision mode was not knowing how well the kids uh, would respond or behave trying to do schooling from home our ability to do it, but also, you know, our inability to do really a test run because how would we do the test run? You know, try to do homeschooling after they already had a full day of school you know, and kind of burn them out or, you know, make them sacrifice uh, summer vacation and have no summer uh, vacation at all, which kind of felt like it was robbing them of their childhood. So we were able to go through and do kind of a test run. And, you know, we still didn't quite know, you know, really what we were doing. So then it came uh, to the point where the new school year was getting ready to start and they just kept delaying, kept delaying, kept delaying. You know, they didn't really know what they wanted to do. And so we're like, okay, the school year is supposed to have already started. They're not starting. I know. Let's go ahead, try out some homeschooling. Let's find some things online before we put any money into it and see how well we can do it, you know, even without a lesson plan. So we started taking a look at, you know, the core, the basics that would make the rest of schooling very easy, which is math and reading. And so we started pulling together some, you know, grade level math stuff, you know, or what grade level they were at, you know, for their math and, you know, for their reading. And it was interesting because we started seeing results right away. You know, home, the type of math problems that our oldest son had been struggling with for a couple of years now, you know, two years straight, you know, could not grasp. And we were, and from what we could see, you know, just really struggled with. And, you know, for two years, he was making the same kind of mistakes. And so we went through and, you know, in uh, what one or two days of homeschooling, he grasped and mastered what the school wasn't able to teach him or figure out how to teach him in two years. I mean, it, it was really quite amazing. And we were also seeing uh, some slight improvements in reading as we helped him uh, with words and, you know, some simple reading. And, you know, I mean, Maybe part of the reason why everything was going so well is he was excited about homeschooling. See, when he would go to uh, the public school, he would dread it. He viewed it as a place where he would be tortured, ridiculed, and treated like crap from the other students. And so wanting to be homeschooled and the excitement of being homeschooled, you know, he meant that, you know, he was really wanting to help make sure that, you know, it was successful because he doesn't want to go back to public school. You know, maybe that was part of the reason, you know, motivation, you know, but for whatever it was, we started noticing results, 
you know, in the first week of math and two weeks in reading, you know, it, it was really, you know, quite exciting. And we realized that, you know, there is a lot of joy in the teaching and watching the light bulb come on. So that's when we decided, okay, we're doing homeschooling. So we've pulled the kids out of school. We got signed up and we got the desk. Oh man, they're so excited about having their own school desks here at the house because now homeschooling really feels real rather than it being done, you know, on the beds or at the kitchen table. Having their own school desk really makes it feel real. And knowing that, yes, we are doing this and their motivation for learning has greatly increased. And, you know, there's also what we are learning is that we get to better decide. I know, I know. At this point in the show, you're probably going, I thought this was sex mancers. But yes, you know, part of, you know, sex mancers is out of the bedroom, you and your spouse working together. And part of that is raising kids and making decisions like this. And so I'm kind of taking you through the decision-making process on, you know, parenting itself. So in any event, we got the school desk. It really feels uh, real to them. They're, you know, we got everything signed up and We've started going through and uh, with our three-year-old starting them off on a preschool curriculum, you know, and while my wife is, you know, teaching our older two, I'm teaching our youngest because, well, <laughs> one, he responds better to me. Uh, he definitely clings to me a lot more. And two, um, with his personality, it kind of rubs my wife the wrong way. So in any event, you know, we're going through, we got, you know, uh, our schedules now rewritten, you know, to, you know, do the homeschooling and all of that. But one of the things that we, you know, have come to really like is that we get to control the curriculum, you know, what our kids are learning, you know. And so if you have issues uh, with the public school system, you know, based off of, you know, uh, the politics of it, you know, them pushing certain political ideologies, political narratives, you know, political agendas that you completely disagree with. Homeschooling is a way to have more control to filter out all of the political nonsense or the anti-science nonsense and, you know, the, you know, the stuff that you really disagree with that doesn't have anything to do with actual education. You know, and for some of us, we realize that our kids' educations are being sacrificed as they move away from, you know, actual education to too much indoctrination and political BS. You know, and so it gives us greater control. But besides being able to filter out uh, the political stuff, you can choose whether or not you want to throw in, you know, religious studies, you know, in there. Um you know, it just kind of depends. But more importantly, is that you get to design it to be more relevant for their future success. You know, for instance, I was taking a look at the available curriculums for the sec for our second grader, and and taking a look at that. You know, I'm seeing classes in economics for second graders. Well, economics is kind of important. 
And I'd take a look at what the public school was teaching them. Economics wasn't anywhere in there. You know, I'm taking a look at classes as they go down the line, and I'm starting to see classes in, you know, as I look through the grades, personal finance. In addition to economics, I'm seeing classes in entrepreneurship, you know, business, you know, things that are actually relevant for them to learn. And so I'm getting kind of excited because I'm able to go through and take a look at this as, okay, so I get to eliminate gender studies, which, you know, I've never understood why you need to study, you know, gender theory. I mean, gender is pretty straightforward. but you know, I'm able to cut all of that out and instead put in business, economics, personal finance, you know, things that will be relevant for success and also taking a look at all of the computer classes, which I believe I should be able to teach my kids quite a bit when it comes uh, to the computer, whether it's, you know, as simple as keyboarding all the way to video editing, audio editing, you know, the ins and outs of Microsoft Office. I mean, uh, I remember my corporate job, you know, um, and well, still kind of still have a corporate job, uh, you know, for the most part, but, you know, using uh, Excel so much, putting together spreadsheets, PowerPoint presentations, uh, databases, publisher, you know, the whole Microsoft Office suite, you know, I would be able to teach them along with, you know, so much other stuff, you know, I'm kind of a bit of a computer nerd. You know, so I'm able to really have control. And this is one of the things that we talk about, you know, in the uh, past episodes when we were talking about the family constitution and, you know, getting together and coming to an agreement on how you want to raise your kids, educate your kids, you know, and all of this, you know, and what your family priorities are. Well, that's what it all comes down to when we talk about, you know, homeschooling our kids here in my household. It's all about putting together what our priorities are. And our priorities will be reflected in the courses uh, that we use to educate our kids. And I know there's a lot of parents who are going through this same process as well, because the Facebook group that we had joined for homeschooling our kids, I mean, we had joined you know, while it was already booming, but since we had joined, the group has just vastly, you know, increased in membership. You know, so we're able to start communicating and start putting together maybe some play dates or some meetup times where the kids get a chance to interact with other homeschool kids and play and all of that. But this really gets down to a lot about what you know, Sex Mancers is about, because while we have focused a lot on, you know, what we do in the bedroom, that is, you know, of course, fun, but it also gets to the relationship that we want to have outside of the bedroom, the communication that it took to put together and have the confidence that we could, you know, switch our kids to homeschooling, reorganizing our schedules in a way that works, you know, for us, provides consistent, you know, a schedule for our kids and allows us to be able to do this successfully while also being able to complete our work. You know, uh, you know, me being able to keep my schedule for, you know, work, I'm blogging, podcasting, so on and so forth. You know, how are we going to redesign the rooms and, you know, what classes we're going to give? I mean, 
it takes a high level of communication and, you know, getting together and really agreeing on so much, you know, and with being able to design our kids' classes, we're agreeing on what the values are for our household and our kids. You know, and so this kind of goes off, you know, as a long explanation for why I missed in last week's episode, but kind of also to go through and bring you in, you know, to my household just a little bit more and share a little bit more about us, you know, and what it is we have been doing. Because I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that's been questioning whether or not, you know, to pull your kids from the public school system as well whether that decision is being based off of COVID or whether it's based off of your disagreement with some of the things that are taught in the classroom that you, you know, think is inappropriate or against your family values and just kind of walking you through how we got to the point where we decided to pull our kids from public school. And maybe your decision is based off of just thinking that the school is failing your kids you know, as you monitor their progress or lack thereof. Now, I can't say everybody who decides to homeschool their kids are going to have the same results that we are having, where we're seeing vast improvements and getting our oldest son, you know, caught up and, you know, seeing our, you know, middle child catching on quickly and on pace to excel and outperform his peers in the public school system. But that is going to have to be something that you're going to have to, you know, take a look at and, you know, really try and find a way to test the waters for yourself. I'm just hoping that relaying this, you know, really helps you in that decision-making process. And the fact that, you know, there are sites out there that gives you everything you need, including the lesson plans. But maybe you can't, you know, do homeschooling. Maybe it's just not possible with your particular work schedule. Well, then I guess the best thing that you can do as far as it goes for your kids' education is try to get involved. Try and see if you can find indications from what they bring home, what it is they're working on in school, their homework assignments, and you know, and just really kind of help them with that, you know, uh, the best that you can and helping explain it and provide extra you know, tutoring at home to help them get through. Don't just send them off to school and when they get home, oh, well, you know, school day is over. They should just have fun. You know, maybe we should take the, you know, um, stereotypical model of Asian families where education comes first. You know, when they get home from school, the first thing they do is their homework and you help them with it. You know, because we all want what's best for our kids and education you know, is the foundation of what will help our kids succeed in life. You know, and so maybe you find a way to be able to help them with their schoolwork and find some resources to help provide that extra tutoring, that extra help, and just be very much involved in their education. You know, there's far too many people out there that just aren't involved in the education process, whether it's because, you know, they just think it's the school's responsibility to do the education or just because of how much they work. I mean, it's really going to be dependent on your particular family's situation. But all I can do, you know, as a podcaster is just kind of walk you through how our family got from 
you know, sending our kids to the traditional public school system to making the decision to homeschool our kids and what the reasoning behind that was and maybe provide what the results have been so far, you know, and helping you to go along the same uh, course if you're feeling that the public school system is just not serving the kids very well. You know, and like I said, you know, this is what Sex Answers is all about. You know, in the bedroom is about building the relationships and having fun and, you know, stress relief and all that good stuff. But it's also about improving the quality of your marriage and relationship and the levels of communication so that you can actually go through and make decisions for your family to take action for your family and to have what is needed to support each other so that you can be successful in what you decide to do. Now, while I have gone through and I've talked about how we went through the decision to start homeschooling our kids and the results we have seen, the benefits, and how it's all been going really, really well, I must also say that there are some pitfalls here, and I will admit that freely, and this is what requires you and your spouse to really be on the same page and have high levels of communication, because you both need to know what the other is doing with each of your kids and their class. So let's say a situation comes up where one of you gets sick. Well, then the other one needs to step in and fill in for that class, you know, kind of like a substitute teacher and basically be able to have the flexibility in your schedule that if you need to rearrange something because one of you is sick that day to stagger the classes so that while you're teaching one child, you know, one thing, the other one is maybe having their break time and then have that child do the next child, uh, do their classes after you're done with the first one. So you do need to have that flexibility and be able to teach your kids to be flexible, uh, when unexpected things come up. Another pitfall here is that you really must be dedicated to the homeschooling because while homeschooling does have a lot of benefits, for your kids. The drawback is if you're lazy yourself, you're uncommitted and you're not getting any support from your spouse to do the homeschooling. Well, then if you're not actually doing the classes and teaching the kids, well, then you're actually harming them. So yeah, you need to be able to have that high degree of communication, be able to, you know, both of you share the burden of homeschooling, or at least if one of you is working and one of you is a stay-at-home parent, will still have the ability to fill in and to really go through and keep each other motivated to go through this and maybe kind of go through and, you know, share with each other, you know, how everything's going, what you're finding working with one child. I mean, that may not work, you know, with all your kids. I get it. And then, of course, you also have to learn record-keeping you know, to keep track of your kids' grades and everything. So, I mean, there are some, you know, pitfalls if you're not committed to it, you're not dedicated to actually following through 
with holding the classes and you know if you don't have a lot of patience and that is another thing that you need to really you know be careful of and doing homeschooling could teach you a lot of patience and so with the way we have things set up my wife is doing homeschooling for the older two you know our oldest and middle child the ones who are who have been kind of accustomed to what school is you know how it goes doing the classes you know all of that and having the desks you know they are able to mentally you know know that hey when we're sitting at these desks it's class time me on the other hand since i tend to have greater patience and you know, my personality doesn't conflict so much with our youngest son's personality, you know, and we've been starting him off with homeschooling uh, at the preschool level a year earlier than what he, he would normally would start preschool in the public school system. I've been tasked with getting him, I guess, maybe a way of saying it is broken in. You know, kind of like how you break in a horse a little bit. You got to tame them. You got to get them under control. And so I've been the one that's been trying to do uh, the preschool stuff with our youngest child. You know, the learning the alphabet, learning your shapes and colors. I mean, yes, these are simple things, but I'm dealing with the attention span of a three-year-old. Remember that. So these things that seem really, really simple to us as adults or to kids, you know, in first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, you know, are not always that simple for a preschooler. They're just trying to figure this out. What's the difference between a circle and an oval and the difference in the squares and trying to understand these concepts that are being introduced for the first time. It's not like we have these concepts and we're building on them. We're introducing them for the first time. And a three-year-old is not used to the idea of school. I mean, anybody with a three-year-old knows that pretty much a three-year-old wants to do what they want to do. And if they don't want to do something, well, it can be pretty hard to get them to do it. I mean, it's not like you can really spend a whole lot of time reasoning with them, using logic, rationalizing. These three-year-olds are emotional beings. You know, you tell them, no, we can't play. We have to do school. What's going to happen? That three-year-old is going to throw a fit. If you want to learn about patience, you want to learn about how to be more understanding with your spouse, try homeschooling a three-year-old. I guarantee it. When you do that, when you start homeschooling a three-year-old at the preschool level, you will start learning a lot more patience with everybody else. Everybody else, whether that's your spouse, your coworkers uh, in your chosen career, customers, everybody else, right? Because a three-year-old will not only throw a huge emotional fit when you try to get them to do something that they just really, really don't want to do, but they have wills of iron steel, right? They will throw a fit. They will scream. They will yell. And you cannot teach them anything if they're screaming and yelling and going, no, I don't want it. I mean, 
it is one of those things where when they're doing that, you have two choices. You can either just give up, which is a bad idea because then you're reinforcing the idea that if they just scream and protest enough, if they just throw a big enough fit, they'll get their way. And there's too many kids that have been raised with that flaw in life. And we see it, you know, all over the news all the time, people throwing a big hissy fit and threatening to throw big, huge temper tantrums if they don't get their way. You know, if things aren't just handed to them without any effort. So you don't want to reward that. But at the same time, you also got to be understanding that you might not be able to teach a three-year-old like you would a 10-year-old, you know, or even a seven-year-old, right? So you got to customize uh, the learning lesson, which means you have to try and be more creative in your learning process, you know, or in your teaching process. And this also provides a bit of a test for adaptability on your part. So would I recommend, you know, uh, putting a three-year-old behind a desk and expecting them to sit there while they learn the lesson? No, 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 no. That, that, that is not going to work. You might get, you know, one minute. They might at first be excited, but after about two, three minutes, boom, that is out the door. That is out the door. So you got to customize it and find ways to make learning fun by making it part of playtime, right? Make it seem like they're just having fun playing and not so much the hard work of learning. So, uh, for instance, I found this out, you know, on the first day of trying to homeschool our three-year-old. And we were trying to learn the letter A, the shape, circle, and the color red. Now, at first I thought, okay, I could sit him at his little play table and show him Mickey Mouse flashcards and, you know, uh, magnetic plastic letters and such, and this would work. Well, that fell apart, you know, almost immediately. So I had to try and find a way to make it fun for him. So I got around to taking a look at what we had in the house, and I found the perfect way to introduce these three concepts, the color red, the shape circle, and the letter A. And that was with our air hockey table. Air hockey table, it starts with the letter A. The the air hockey pucks are circle, and they were the color red. So we would just play and play, and I'd bring up that this is air hockey. Air hockey starts with the letter A. And then, you know, we were having fun, and then every so often, I would pause and go, you need to tell me what this is, and I'd hold up the flashcard before we can keep playing. You got to tell me what this is first if you want to keep playing. And he would look at it, and then I would help him, you know, figure it out. But then after a while, he would look at the card, and he would be able to tell me, that's the letter A, right? And then we would play more, and then I'd show him the flash card, you know, of shapes. And he would look at that, and he would go, circle, right? And then, you know, red, you know, and I'd show him the puck. i go, what color is this? And he'd go, red, you know, and so... 
I was able to take the three things uh, that we were set to learn according to the, you know, uh, class lesson and agenda outline and make it fun, make it part of, you know, playtime. And he was able to grasp the concepts of letter, color, and shape, all while being able to have fun playing air hockey. Now, I will admit, there is one thing that is hard for me to do as a parent, and that is because I am such a competitive person, letting my kids win, letting my kids win at something against me. That is hard for me to do. I have to, you know, set aside my competitive nature and realize that I need to allow them to get some wins in order to help build up their self-confidence, self-esteem. And I get it. You know, this is one of those things where it's like, okay, I don't want them to think things are going to be handed to them. I want them to be able to work at it. But because of such an age disparity, I mean, you're talking about a three-year-old here up to uh, me being, oh, God, that's depressing, realizing how old I'm getting. You know, I'm hitting my late 30s here. That's kind of depressing. But me, you know, being 37, right? You know, I, I have to understand that if I make it too impossible, he'll just give up thinking, well, there's no point. So I have to allow for some wins just on the basis of building up confidence. But of course, as my older kids have gotten older, I've gone through and increased the challenge. I make them work for it. And then sometimes I make sure I win because they got to understand that they can't win every time, that sometimes they could lose. And so they just need to work harder and become more skillful. All right. So anyways, you know, the whole point here is, you know, as we talk about, you know, the whole adventures of homeschooling is that this requires you and your spouse to really have to work together a lot, coordinate and communicate based off of your schedule, based off of what the kids need to learn. And maybe you and your spouse alternate what type of classes you teach them based off of your individual strengths. For instance, with my older two, I know that I will be the one that will be teaching history because I have a passion for history. I'll also be the ones teaching politics because I have the passion for politics. My wife couldn't care less about history and couldn't care less about politics. So for her, it, she would just, you know, be so bored teaching it that she doesn't know how to make the class fun enough for the kids to really absorb what the lesson is. But beyond that, beyond the high degrees of communication that it requires with your spouse in order to successfully pull off homeschooling and being able to recognize each other's needs, you know, for a break. Whoever's not doing the homeschooling may need to allow the one who does to do more homeschooling. It also requires you to have a higher degree of organizational skills and a high degree of productivity. Because if you're not organized, you know, the classes are going to be jumbled. They're not going to make a whole lot of sense. They're, 
you know, going to be kind of discombobulated and it's going to be hard on the kids. And if you're not organized, then when your spouse needs to fill in for you, how are they going to be able to, you know, really, you know, see where you're at so that they know where to continue the lesson? And maybe your spouse, you know, does need to sit in, you know, and see how you're conducting some of the classes before, you know, they take over for, you know, a day because you need to do, you know, something else. So you need to be able to show them how you have it organized, what lessons that you're on and how you present the lessons and where to get the, you know, information for those lessons. You know, so you need to have, you know, a pretty high degree of organizational skills. And that way, you know, you're going to benefit other areas of your life because as you learn and make organizational habits or being organized a habit, you know, I, I said that kind of awkwardly, but as you make being organized and habit in one area of your life, it's going to naturally flow over into other areas of your life where you are more organized, well-prepared, and that just makes everything flow more smoothly and allows you to be more productive, you know, in your career or whatever else it is that you want to do. So there's all these additional benefits, not just to the child, but to you and your relationship, as long as you stick with it. You know, if you're completely disorganized, you're just too lazy to actually go through and motivate yourself to teach the class and, you know, you and your spouse are not on the same page working together, well, homeschooling is just going to end up not being a blessing to your kids, but actually a curse that can hinder them throughout life. So, you know, you're coming together around, you know, the love of your children and, you know, wanting to make sure that you prepare them for success. Okay. So that's it uh, for this episode. You know, I, I kind of wanted to bring you in here what it is we work towards as we are talking about the different aspects of your marriage. You know, why we focus on, you know, uh, sex so much in the bedroom is because that leads to so much outside of the bedroom. And I kind of wanted uh, to bring you in to some of the things that we are doing in our household, you know, because we have that deep connected relationship and high degree of communication that we are able to do things, make decisions and be successful at things that would be nearly impossible if we weren't working together, if we didn't have that high level of communication. Now, having some income independence, you know, also helps uh, to provide choices. But even if you work a full-time, you know, day job, then your homeschooling would be done after work when you get home. You know, maybe you pick up your kids from the sitter, you come home, boom, there you go. You do your homeschooling right then and there. You know, uh, you got to be able to make it flexible towards your particular situation. But also because in some states, like in my state, we could have up to four unrelated kids in our you know, in our homeschool. So if we started a daycare, right, or a childcare, and we, I don't know, we took on four kids that were the same age as our kids, you know, maybe two kids that were the same age as our oldest son and two kids that were the same age as our middle child, 
you know, and we offered uh, as part of the daycare homeschooling, you know, whether that's, you know, which would mostly just be elementary homeschooling, because let's face it, by the time they get to middle school, then they're not in daycare, right? But we can set it up, you know, for that, and we could actually start a business based off of that. You know, they bring their kids and their kids, and and one fell swoop, they have daycare and uh, quality education where their child is just one of six kids rather than one of 25 kids. So they get the, you know, better, more focused attention, right? And help, you know, set the course educationally. You know, so that is a possible business model uh, that you can go through and then, you know, that you can start going and developing more income independence. Now, we're not there yet where we're opening up a daycare with, you know, homeschooling as a benefit or, you know, additional education as a benefit. But we can actually see ourselves getting to that particular point and the amount of money that can be gained from that. Now, we're also taking a look here, you know, if we were to take a look at politics, we're looking at, you know, what would happen if Rand Paul's bill had passed where federal fundings uh, follow the child wherever they go, including homeschooling. And we would take a look at, based on how much money is spent on education by the federal government per child, if that money were to come in uh, to our particular household where we would get paid for each child that we homeschool, what the school gets for each child that is put in the public schools, that would be a full-time job. You know, that that would actually provide the income of a full-time job for one of us. So then it depends on which one of us wants to stay home and make schooling our kids our full-time job receiving those federal education dollars. Now, that is something that hasn't passed yet, but that would be an interesting thing to take a look at. You know, so, you know, that is just one of those things that, you know, would be really cool, but we're not there yet. So we're not planning based off of what hasn't happened yet. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you, you know, enjoyed following along and getting our real life example of how everything that we teach, uh, you know, going through uh, on sex mancers leads to better communication, better quality marriage and better, you know, communication and, you know, better, you know, having that deeper connection with each other and the things that that leads to and the decisions that you can make as a family. Now, and so I really wanted to provide you this real example real world example so that you can see where you can go by, you know, continuing to follow the show and implementing the advice provided. All right. Thank you so much. And I will be back again soon.